Hi, this is Dan. And this is Joe. And this is Enough Room. I had never used this word for myself. But all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm bisexual. (laughs) (laughs) Duh. Yeah, the human capacity for self-deception. That's yeah, something yeah. I learned an awful lot about. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was this, yeah, it was just this wild, wild thing. And I feel very blessed and fortunate in that the first real affirmation I had was from God. And mm. it, it made a lot of things, I think, easier for me than some people really struggle with that for a long time. And uh, I mean, I struggled with it for a long time too, but when I got there, I got there. (laughs) That was kind of the moment when it shifted for me. And uh, the last, you know, several months after that, I was, you know, just a, just a roller coaster of emotions from just like, so just happy and, and relief and, and just, joy that I didn't have to lie anymore and I didn't have to think this thing was evil inside of me, but also just waves and waves of grief, realizing I was just going to have to lose everything and um, how difficult it was going to be to have all those conversations. And yeah, it was, it was rough. And I, I ended up coming out in a video and it got spread around the church a bit and um even hit some news outlets which was super weird and everybody was talking about my sexuality in their living rooms and uh yeah here we are (laughs) now we're talking about it on a podcast Um... now we're talking about it on a podcast yeah (laughs) I, i i just found it so interesting listening to you um, and I know there's a lot of um, queer people who would sort of, especially queer people in the church uh, who are Christians, who would resonate very well with, I guess, sort of this journey that you went on. It's interesting that you talked about going to a cabin in the woods. Like I'm looking at Daniel right now and I I think his story is a bit similar when he was wrestling with some of these questions, was also going away and thinking about it. I never went away to a cabin in the woods, so <laughs> that's that's my thing. But I think it's, at the end of the day, we tend to wrestle with a lot of these questions. Um, and something else that I thought was interesting is that your experience seems to not only be one that a lot of, well, in my opinion anyway, a lot of gay people can resonate with in terms of struggling with those questions, but also it seems to be a very Adventist, um, an Adventist experience. Um, Cause mm-hmm. you know, if I think way, way back and I'm going all the way back um, to the pioneers like Ellen White after mm-hmm. the great disappointment there, there is a lot of soul searching there. There is a lot of questions being asked. Um, and then they come to this, you know, realization that, hey, no, this other thing has happened. Um, and from where I'm sitting, that sort of sounds like the journey that you've gone through as well, where you've gone on this journey of exploring what the Bible actually says or what all of these, all, what all of this means 
but it's also brought you to a place where you now um, not only recognize but also accept your own sexuality um, and yeah I was just sitting there and listening to you and I was like that's yeah that's it's a beautiful story and I think regardless of whether or not you're queer I'm hoping that some of our other listeners as well some of our allies um, not a hoping but I'm pretty sure a lot of them can resonate with that journey that journey of searching the journey of seeking out the truth not only of God and of his word but also the truth and what it means for yourself um so yeah just thank you for sharing that story with us i really wish Adventist today could do what Adventist did in the beginning you know the pioneers that we respect so much but for them questions were fine and questioning and, and changing and growing is fine um I even have an Ellen White quote where she says, hey, we should realize that we could be wrong about some of our doctrines. And, yeah. and today that's not like questions are fine as long as you don't come to the wrong answers. Yeah. So questions are great as long as we use them to come up with better reasons for why we believe the yeah. things we've predetermined we believe. And I think that's one thing I really appreciated about um, about your book where you sort of started talking about um, that Adventist mindset and how the Adventist mindset is one of questioning the traditional beliefs and not holding to traditional beliefs, but making sure that we are, um, I believe, you know, as you say in the book, people of the book, that mm -hmm. we are um, people who do research truth and do look deeply into what the Bible says to understand, um, I guess, what we're often referring to as present truth, mm -hmm. um, you know, understanding that that um, that there may be some pillars that are unchanging. There may be certain things that we just we know to be true, um, but there is a lot out there that we may hold to that is worth questioning and re-examining. And um, and as you said, ultimately, if it wasn't for the pioneers doing that, then this church that we belong to today wouldn't exist mm -hmm. um and i think i just really appreciated that approach um so can you um i guess maybe just elaborate a little bit more on that what um i guess what do you see as that approach of of really um or, well yeah i guess what that approach is but also just a little bit of the contradictions that you see sometimes um with how people process um, some of these passages there was recently um, a sermon at Pioneer Memorial Church that Dwight Nelson preached. So his main text that he used was Matthew 19, which is also quoted in Mark 9 or Mark 10. Um, you know, Jesus said in the beginning, he created them male and female. Therefore, shall a man leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife. And this was kind of his main text for why same-sex marriage was wrong. And then that first part that's Jesus was actually quoting two different verses um, in Genesis, one from Genesis one and one from Genesis two. And that first one, um, God created the male and female is from the text where it says um, male and female, he created or, 
that God created them in his own image, male and female, he created them. Mm-hmm. And so he did what a lot of people do in Adventist theology. And in fact, an Adventist conference was even named after this, uh, where, where it's saying that, see, the image of God is heterosexual marriage. So an mm. Adventist conference on homosexuality was called In His Image. Right. Mm. Uh, you don't have to think about that very long to realize some problems with it. Mm-hmm. Um, if if I were to ask you out of the context of same-sex marriage, just just blank blank slate, and I were just to ask you, are you in the image of God? You would say, well, yes. Mm. And is this other person in the image of God? Well, yes. Mm. We're all in the image of God. Each one of us is created in the image of God. It's the basic fundamental aspect of our nature. And it's really the foundation for everything because we are created in the image of God. Each human life has a value and we should love and cherish each and every human life. And because we're created in the image of God, we should love and worship God. Like this is, you know, it, it kind of all falls down from that, right? Like love God and mm. love your neighbor and the Ten Commandments then come after that. Like it it all kind of comes down from that. And <laughs> yeah. multiple yeah. places in the Bible, this this idea is referenced about us being created in God's image and, and that that is the the basic essence of our nature and our and our identity. Obviously there's this other thing that came along later that messed things up, but this was the original basic nature and it's not that that has been erased like we are we are in god's image and it's just this wonderful beautiful thing and that's what we think about but suddenly when we come to the topic of same-sex marriage suddenly we redefine the image of god to be heterosexual marriage Mm. and those two things aren't compatible if if you start talking about the image of god as heterosexual marriage it, it can't still mean that we're all created in the image of God and in God's nature, like that those are two different things. And, and it's a huge problem too, because over and over again, we're told that Jesus is the very image of God and Jesus was not in a heterosexual marriage. Yeah. And so, you know, Dwight, Dwight kind of brought this up as, um, the image of God, you know, he created the male and female, And so this text where it says he created them male and female in the image of God, instead of to mean each gender has value and meaning, and it's not that men are created in the image of God and women are lesser beings. No, men and women are both created in the image of God, which is this incredible statement, especially when you consider when it was written. (laughs) It's an incredible statement reaffirming the value of women. And instead of, instead of meaning that now we take this to mean heterosexual marriage and then he also made this other move where he said okay see you know it says in in this verse which is 127 it says uh he created them male and female in the image of god and then the very next verse he says be fruitful and multiply what he doesn't mention and a lot of people don't mention is that this is not one thought when it says he created the male and female in the image of God, it's a poetic verse. And it then shifts to prose and goes on to, to say all these other things. And actually what's most connected to 
be fruitful and multiply is and fill the earth. It's one sentence. So mm -hmm. God creates them and then he gives them a job. It doesn't mean that the image of God is this procreation. We have yeah. poetry mm -hmm. saying that we are created in the image of God. And then we're given this job to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Well, the other thing that you will see people doing, which he also did, he, you talk about there will be exceptions to this. So if you're, if you're celibate, then that's okay. Um, because that's an exception to the image of God being heterosexual marriage. Um, or okay. if you can't have children or choose not to have children, um, that's an exception. And he actually used a phrase that from Catholicism, um, from, from Catholic thinkers, which is funny where, to me, um, where he was, <laughs> he was saying that, you know, if you don't necessarily have to have children, but in your sexual relationship, there has to be the potential for children. Well, I mean, do they really follow that? Because if a woman doesn't have a uterus, there's no potential for children, but it's still okay yeah. to have sex, right? Like there's, there's all kinds of ways that you could kind of logically throw those ideas in, but, but is this really what that meant in Genesis, you know, in Genesis 27 and 28? Like when we're, when we're really searching that hard, is that really what it meant? But, mm. but the move you end up making really when you start including celibacy and something you've probably heard you know for single people is hey that that um relationship is fulfilled by their relationships with the church and with other people and with community well then you're saying instead of just adam and eve be fruitful and multiply the earth you're being a little more realistic because Adam and Eve weren't single-handedly supposed to fill the whole earth, right? <laughs> Eve, <laughs> Eve wasn't going to have all those babies to fill the whole earth, right? This isn't just a command for like these two people. It's it's a it's a community thing, right? Yeah. We as a human race should go fill the earth. Mm. And when you think about it that way, it totally changes it because then, oh, celibacy makes sense because it's part of a larger community and you can still support the raising yeah. of children and you and you can still support this filling of the earth as a celibate person. And you can still see that as a same sex married couple, too, is the thing, though. Yeah. So you run into all these problems when you start trying to be specific, not the least of which is the fact that I think we have already filled the earth. So maybe that command yeah. has actually been yeah. fulfilled. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's just like all these things that, that you don't have to dig that hard to see them or to think about them. And it, it just, it breaks down. It doesn't make sense mm. that mm. you have this poetic verse. We created them male and female in the image of God. And then you have, this prose verse, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And we're making out of that a rule. And we're saying that the image of God is heterosexual marriage. It's that's not what the image of God is. The mm. image of God is our basic nature as, as God made us, God made us yeah. and we're God's children. And that's mm. what it means. You know, when Adam has a child, Adam says, this is my image because that child is his child and looks yeah. like him and we look like God. And that's what that means. So I love that. Love I know, that. And right? I, yeah. I, I just want to say this here because as, as I was reading through um, the past few chapters in your book, 
this is sort of the thing that gets me and it's exactly what I'm feeling right now from listening to you. And I know a lot of people listening are <laughs> probably having the same thing as well is that growing up Adventist and reading your book and listening to you now, I am recognizing everything that you're talking about when you're talking about us being created in the image of God. Absolutely. But the thing that I then love is that you start scratching a little deeper into some of these um, arguments that we've heard, like the one, uh, you know, Dwight Nelson recently did. Um, and then you realize that exactly as you said, it starts falling apart. Um, but it doesn't fall apart to a place where it lives, leaves us you know, stranded and then looking around and going, okay, what does this all mean? The thing I love about your book is it helped me scratch a little deeper. Mm. Things started to fall apart. Scales sort of fell from my eyes, but I didn't find myself sort of floating out in the middle of nowhere seeking for some sort of truth to this, you know, are we created in the image of God? It actually brought me back to that initial you know, beautiful truth that I grew up in, in the church, in that I am a child of God, mm. yeah. me, everything that is intrinsically me, everything that I'm made up of is of God. And there's beauty in that. Everything else that has been hipped upon me, you know, that's slowly falling away. And I, I just want to really thank you for approaching this book in that way. It's mm. absolutely beautiful. Thank you. And I, I include a quote in there. Um, that I think is really, when you look at it, maybe the worst quote I've ever read, where it's basically saying that, you know, gay people aren't really in the image of God because mm. they've tried to recreate the image of God by same-sex marriage, and it just doesn't make yeah. sense biblically. We mm. are all in the image of God because God made us and God's our parent. You can't, like, lose that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's not based on your behavior. It's not based on your sexual orientation. Mm. It's it's not based on being married or having children. Like it's mm. just, it's just not. And um, thank and and thank you because I think it's not affirming theology is a rediscovery of Christianity, not a destruction yeah. of it. And yes. it 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 actually is a reinforcing of all the most important principles, and it fits with the character of God in a way mm. that you know the theology the church has been teaching for all these decades never has mm. it just makes sense um mm. and i and i want to i don't want to forget to talk about what i thought was really an awful thing <laughs> awful is a strong word but a very theologically problematic connection that dwight made mm. in his sermon to say that you know when jesus then said um he said male and female he created them um therefore shall a man leave his father or mother and father and be joined to his wife therefore and this is jesus's words he's not quoting anymore therefore what god has put together let no man tear asunder and dwight quoted that as a statement against same-sex marriage hmm. that same-sex okay. marriage destroys this thing that God created heterosexual marriage so God has put man and woman together let no one tear that asunder by oh. same-sex marriage that's the way he wow. quoted it that's what he quoted it as meaning mm, in wow. his sermon 
the huge problem being that Jesus, the entire discussion and the question that Jesus was asked and the reason he was saying everything he was saying is because he was asked about whether divorce was okay or not. Mm. So he's mis applying Jesus's words in a way that yeah. is not difficult to see and discover. And we should all strive to not misuse the text in that way. Yeah. And we need to remember that in Matthew 19 and Mark 10, Jesus was talking about divorce, mm. something that the church actually doesn't take his words literally. Yeah. Because yeah. we do allow for just about anybody yeah. allows for divorce in the case of, for example, physical abuse. And I think we should. And there's really good reasons for that. Jesus was, was responding to a specific dialogue and a specific question at his time where mm. one rabbi was saying you could get divorced for any reason. And one rabbi was saying you can never get divorced at all. And when people were really free to divorce, a lot of men were just divorcing their wives and leaving them with nothing. Mm. And so Jesus reminds them, men and women are both created in the image of God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like it all fits together and it all works yeah. on the topic Jesus was actually talking about. So why do we have to pretend like it applies to something else while we're ignoring what he was actually talking about? Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Enough Room. We'll be dropping another episode in about a week's time. So until then, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Till next time. Bye.